Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. Let's see what Kevin, Carl, and Dimitri have for us this week. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Black Clock. It's episode 100. We finally made it. Or not canceled yet. Yeah, I think that's just, we survived all the way to 100. Yeah. <laughs> so Could we, we call it. it we've made it or we just somehow coasted through it without major issues so far? Yeah, no, no cease and desist letter yet. Not yet. Yeah, we're not uh, <laughs> not famous enough. <clears throat> so, welcome, guys. How's it going? Everything a okay. A okay. Good. Good. Excellent. Let's do a quick uh, wrist check. All right, I can start. I'll start. Yeah. New watch uh, that uh, picked up during our, our time in New York. So last time I was talking about my IWC Spitfire, uh, it was the first purchase slash trade and in New York. Uh, you guys left on Sunday. I stayed over there with the girlfriend another th- three days. I uh, stopped at Hudson Yard. There is the Watch of Switzerland, and there are Doxa um, AD. Yeah, I was about to say carrier, but <laughs> and uh, I wanted to go see uh, host. the <laughs> host. <laughs> I wanted to go see the uh, new Doxa Army. Right, we talked about it on the podcast on previous episode when it came out a month, month and a half ago. This is the one I presented after Geneva days. Yes. Yeah, and um, you know what? Let her watch for the, the money. I looked into it, took a bunch of pictures, sent you guys the pictures, and the whole day I was talking about it to my girlfriend. Uh, so the next day when we c- waked up, she goes, let's go back and just buy it already. Oh, like, yeah? I'm tired of hearing uh, you I'm tired talk. of hearing you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so she didn't really want you to buy it. She was just like, okay, if, you, if, you, if this will make you shut up, <laughs> pretty much. let's do it. Right? She's like, you have spare money, right? You sold your Rolex. I was like, yes. I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> So yeah. little did wh- you know that you didn't buy the Rolex with spare money. <laughs> <laughs> so went over there, uh, super, super nice service. I uh, love the watches on the beads of rice. I uh, took the uh, green dark bezel uh, that's in um, uh, bronze. Uh, yes, I was about to say copper. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in bronze. Um, and yeah, it's just like a Doxa 300T. No, yep. no, no. no. So the, this is the 300. 300. Sorry. Yeah, the 300T is different. Yeah. Did you have the 300T? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, more, it was more, it was much more. Um, well, hefty. I remember that. <laughs> well, no, no, not hefty. It was much more. Um, uh, how can I say of a of a tool? The bezel was the nar- the knurling of the bezel was much uh, more pronounced. More pronounced. The sapphire crystal popped out. It had a thicker case, um, because it is much more water resistant. Mm. This is 300 meters. Yep. The 300T is 1,200 meters. Mm. So small, mo- small increase. Yeah, but it's a much <laughs> more tool watch. This is much more... Uh, uh, this is much <laughs> It's better to wear during the daily. I tried it on. It's much better to wear during the daily. It's much less, how can I say, uh, you know, ov- uh, overbuilt. There you go. Mm. <clears throat> the other one I find is overbuilt. Well, not overbuilt if you swim with it. Uh, but this one is much less... Uh, yeah, but that's also aggressive or way more than enough to swim with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it also has an alien escape valve that doesn't really need to be there. <laughs> At th- well, 300 meters, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, most of them, it's automatic and um, you're right, it's not saturation diving, but when you can actually have an issue, but yeah, it's yeah. really, really great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, I... The people at Watch of Susan were really nice, and we're talking about them, and they have the biggest, their flagship Rolex store, the um, Watch of Susan at Hudson Yard, and they were really open about talking about how to get Rolexes and stuff like that. The first thing they told me is, now you have, like, purchase history with us with that Doxa. You can get a Rolex. I was like, okay. 
uh, along the first sub no date. They're like, ah, three to six months, <laughs> right? So at the retail price. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I, I can literally just send them an email right now and say, put me on the list for no date, and uh-huh. in three to six months they'll call me. And I was like, okay. And when you call me, like, how long? Like, you know, in Montreal, it's like right away, right? You have twenty four hours to go get it. And they're like, oh, we'll we'll, we'll keep it for you for a week. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Uh, and if I like buy it like. You know, remote, give you my credit card number. Can you keep it for longer? Eh, no problem. Like, just swing by when you can. I was like, wow. okay. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what about the GMT? They go like, mm, we can do Batman. I was like, okay. And what, the same amount of time? Like, this is about a year, more or less. Okay, okay. Uh, but it's like, maybe not on the Jubilee and forget about the Pepsi. I was like, okay. And the, the Dextro case, right? The Sprite. They go, yeah, everyone wants those. Like, you need to be a good customer. With you us. mean everyone wants those? That's surprising to me. Right? In statistics of uh how all the prices are going it's the one that is taking the most time to come down the cro- the distro yeah. <laughs> yeah so if you look at it it's still hovering at like 35,000 that's a lot and uh while the other ones are now at the 20s the uh, high 20s hmm. so i was like oh wh- what's a good customer for you guys it was like a billion dollar in purchase a year I was like mm. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh, but yeah they were really nice and um they have a huge huge rolex section and they told me like that keep it a secret but you know Little did they know how to podcast. Um, Rolex send their watches uh, per month per square footage. So the more square footage you have Rolex, the more watches you get. That could explain why Chateau here in Montreal have a huge Rolex section. They're just playing the game of the more square footage you have, the more watches you get. Right? That could explain also like Berks maybe the smaller. The Berks is bigger. Well, in general, overall, but that the downtown store, right? It's a smaller square footage. The Rolex section of Burks is bigger than Chateau de Bois. Really? Uh, maybe think it's about because it. it's longer. Well, if you look at it, it's much larger. Like but mm. Rolex, I don't know. Well, to me, it's much larger. Oh, I, I find. Okay. You go in, you have a table, like the whole table, and then you got the whole counter that's like, that's like mm. three, four people, and then you have another table. Hmm. Maybe okay. Maybe just my perspective then. I think I, I think it's it's yeah yeah because it's a big big section of Berks. But uh, yeah, so that's that's how they do. <laughs> that's how they send the watches. Is that because you're better positioned within the city or anything? It's not because you sell more. Just how big is your Rolex section? So I find that really interesting. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> so that was your wrist check. Yeah, the little story then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. I'm wearing a black chronograph skull. Okay. Yeah. Me. 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 I don't. I'm not wearing anything. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Come on, it was like <laughs> four minutes. Is that too too bad? All right, 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 right. All right. Kevin Dose, uh, what are you wearing today? I am wearing a um lip. It's a iconic watch. I'm gonna pull up my notes here. It's a lip Mach two thousand chronograph by the Roger Taillon. So this watch is um a real it's for watch geeks. So um this watch came out in nineteen seventy six and when you think of designers in the watch uh, world, you think of, uh, you know, Joe Genta, Jugaro, uh, who who, did, who collaborated with a number of brands, um, and there's a handful of them that you can you can you can think of. So, um, chairs, trains, cameras, motorbikes, <laughs> and of course watches. Roger Taillon, uh, Talon, excuse me, he was the creator of this watch, the Lip Mach 2000, uh, born in 1929. Um, He's mostly known having worked for companies like Caterpillar, Dupont, and then he became the director of Technes uh, in 1959 at the age of 30. So um, he worked for many big names like Peugeot, General Electric, and Matra, and, and he designed the TGV, 
the French TGV. So in 1973, uh, Lip, the French manufacturer, they had joined forces with Talon, uh, and um, uh, they take a lot of pride of being a French company, still a, a company now. You can find reissues of this watch in quartz versions or replicas of them. This is an original one that, I'm, that I have now in the 70s. And uh, he created a very unorthodox uh, watch. It's a chronograph uh, powered by a Valju 7734, which is a, a hand-wound uh, mechanical chronograph. Um, and it's really just super unique. Um, and one of the the most, um, how can I say, standout watches in my collection. So this is, a, I've had it for a few months now. And uh, re really, really great condition to the point where when Dimitri saw it, he goes, oh, this isn't new, is it? I'm like, what's well, from 1973, 76? So it was, uh, yeah, so it's a wonderful 70s, uh, was on my shortlist for a long, long time. So, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. And the, the bands on those ones are integrated or you can just remove them as any You other? can just change them, yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Dimitri, what are you wearing? So um, I just got recently another mine that I've ordered. This one is not the one that I, this is the first one that I've ordered for mine before I even saw them in person. And if anyone is confused, what he means by Mayan is not like an Aztec or Mayan warrior. It's a, <laughs> it's a Mayan yeah. watch. M-A-E-N. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sacrifice, uh, sacrifice. sacrificial uh, table. Whatever Did you watch is. Apocalypto? Yeah. <laughs> I got an axe and a... Uh, and a sacrificial pyramid. <laughs> I made a pyramid with my couch cushions. <laughs> hey guys, come for a sacrifice. <laughs> bring, a bring a goat. Yeah. No, no, no. Just come alone. <laughs> <laughs> bring your own goat. Don't tell your friends that you're coming here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For my alibi. Yeah. Okay, so quick deviation into mine. Uh, <laughs> this is a brand called Mine. They're... Uh, the two guys that we met in the uh, wind up at wind up in New York, uh, I've ordered their watch back in April uh, on a pre-order. They just started production recently, and I just received it um, Friday, I think, or Thursday. This is a, a little dress watch they made that's inspired by the seventies with an integrated bracelet and a particular, you know, like a Gerald Gentry style case. It's called Mind Manhattan. It's a thirty-seven millimeter. Uh, watch it's not square it's rectangular so it's 37 by something a bit uh, different I'm not sure that they don't specify exactly I'll have to measure it um, very very well built high, the, the case and um, the bracelet are super high quality for a watch that is a steal at that price I think is uh, uh, you get a crazy amount of value and what I do really like about it also is that um, well, first, the movement is a Ronda R150. I think that's probably one uh, one of the reasons why they're able to still keep the prices, keep the prices a bit low because they put but very low the movement. <laughs> but it's still too low. Right? It's still too low, I think. I they think when we spoke to them, I, I said, how do you guys keep your prices so low? Yeah, like, we don't make money. No, yeah, but they, they, they're gonna, they also <laughs> mentioned yeah. that. Uh, they're going to go up. They're yeah. going to go up, yeah. Well, like everyone is. They're all going up, yeah. Like uh, this one. So both of them, both of the Hudson that I spoke about, I think before in the previous episode, and and the Manhattan, uh, most of their watches, if not all, are inspired by New York or parts of New York or anything historical because there's a big connection with the Dutch in mm -hmm. New York, and those guys are Dutch, so you know that was a connection, let's say. So a lot of names have Manhattan, they have Hudson. I think there's a, a Brooklyn uh, uh, GMT or something like that. Yeah, um, Brooklyn. Yeah. This one has a Ronda R150, just like the other watches. I got this uh, one with the date window because the R150 has a date 
uh, complication. Yeah. Uh, and they also blue. have the and blue as well. Yeah, in the blue. And uh, uh, however, even the ones with, n- with no date also use the same movement. Mm. So you get an extra click. Like my Hudson, for example, the 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 diver watch, it's using the same movement, but it doesn't have a date on it. So you have an extra click when you wind. Okay. Uh, some people it bothers some people. Honestly, I tried it on. It doesn't really bother me because it, it's a click, right? It's not like you you know there's no additional like weird noises coming from the watch or anything like that right it's it's just that that's the only difference um one thing i wanted you guys to see i don't know if you saw it one of the most interesting things about this watch is the dial itself because it's almost like a sunburst dial and it's a very very nice interesting pattern and it plays uh, as it reflects in the light it, it, it changes color and it's it's very well done i think yeah it's almost like it's machine sunburst right? yes it is it is and then i think when the reason why they're holding off production is that it was taking a while to finish those dials. Yeah. I think that's what uh, to get the finish yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the component that was missing still. So <coughs> very happy. Just got it uh, yesterday so I haven't really worn it much yet. As a integrated uh, bracelet with a butterfly clasp, very cool. Many link- links to adjust. Uh, again comes in in a small box with a travel pouch. Very convenient. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very very happy with these guys uh, what they're doing. I hope they continue. The same way. And mm. s- something that really uh, impressed me is normally, you know, on the more affordable side of watches, the bracelet hit gets hit the first. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like low quality? No. Not at all. This watch, not at all. <laughs> not at all. The, that's actually probably one of the things when once we went to the to NYC and we saw, I saw those watches in person. As, as soon as I saw, because I was expecting a, a, like a cheaper bracelet, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, you did not cost, cost here at all. And uh, that's uh, pretty yeah. much what sold me. Uh, they didn't pull a r- case a finish, and the bracelet quality is uh, so just, amazing. Just a correction: I think it's not. A, I don't think it's sunburst. I think it's a cool digital dial. Uh, yeah, the pattern. Yeah, but I, pattern. what I meant sunburst is that it kind of seems to change color depending yeah. on how. No, because you look sunburst at it. has a specific pattern, and this yeah, yeah. is the cool digital F pattern, yeah, yeah, which I, is very nice. You got yeah. has that, and it goes well with that Art yeah. Deco style. Of yeah, the I agree with you. Yeah. Just, uh, how would you call it? Let's say because what Code I'm, yeah yeah but let's say the fact that it changes color as it reflects yeah, exactly yeah. how would he call it uh, sunburst probably uh, but I don't think that's the pattern right no that's yeah. not the pattern sunburst is just the way it just the it way changes it exactly color, it seems yeah, yeah. Like, depending on how you look at it in the light yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, very nice I haven't seen I haven't seen the other colors they have I think four yeah total they have like a beige uh, uh, yeah there's yeah, yeah, some really nice. cool ones uh, so yeah those guys are very cool check them out. They also have a GMT watch that's coming out next year. Uh, it kind of looks like Hudson, so it's also 38 millimeter yep. with a GMT complication, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they have one that has like a, a brown, brownish, greenish uh, bezel from the ones that are coming out that are very nice. Yeah, I love that GMT. Oh, yep. yeah? Buy it, yeah. I, I know. Like, the, the next watch in my collection has to be a GMT now <laughs> because I also only own... Military inspired watch right now. You should have. <laughs> uh, you should have asked me. I would have sold you my Vostok. Oh uh, no, thank you. <laughs> it's a GMT uh, is bezel. It? <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Barney Stinson legend yeah. there. I'm like it's a GMT bezel. bezel. <laughs> it's, it's a GMT. Wait for it. Bezel. 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 Yeah. <laughs> or GMT like. GMT like. GMT light. All right. Um, some watch releases. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, it's a Rolex. I think it did it break the internet. No, but it's we should was talk everywhere, about it. right? Should talk about it. Uh, so it's the new Rolex Sea Dweller Deep Sea Challenge, um, or even can say Oyster Perpetual because it's also on the dial. <laughs> the Oyster Perpetual Deep Sea, uh, the Oyster, Oyster Perpetual Sea Dweller Deep Sea Challenge. Um, 
so it's the first all titanium Rolex. Um, it's also the first collab with Invicta because uh, the size of that thing is humongous. Uh, given you had the chance to uh, s s got some good pictures online and send it back to Uruguay, this thing is huge. Yeah. Like all the marketing is well done because it's never next to a watch that we all know. <laughs> How thick is it? It's a 23 millimeters thick. It's 23. Yeah. Holy it's shit. 50 millimeters diameter. Lug to lug is 61. <laughs> so it's thicker than it's thicker than the uh, Omega Ultra Deep that I think is at 18 or 19 millimeters thick. Yeah. It, it's and and I was reading, you know, the the tech behind it and it should have been thicker than that, but they did some voodoo magic with the ring lock system. And What's the di uh, dial size? So it's 23 by what? By 24. <laughs> it's a little cube. <laughs> uh, the dial, uh, I don't have the spec. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, web, uh, Rolex website as well as there's two. Um, They're probably like 45s. Yeah, usually. More or less. Um, so that watch has the uh, movement 3230. So it's the same movement you can find in the uh, no date sub or uh, the Orso Perpetual line. So from the 36 to the 41s. All the same thing. Um, so, but, you know, this watch is 100% for the tech and achievement. Um, uh, and they even took the time to put all the in, uh, indices on it in white gold because, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> right? <laughs> We're there. It's like a couple hundred bucks. You can make a big difference for that. Um, so, an additional to the classic superlative chronometer official certified, there's also uh, the um, dip rating on the dial, uh, ring lug system, Iliab escape valve, and the deep sea challenge branding. So, there's a lot of text on that dial. Uh, yeah, it's nonsense, that. I don't like that. No, no, no. It, what? It, they put too much text on it. Like, uh, they, they, mm. they, One, two, they three, wrote four, five, original six. gas escape valve, ring lock system, super love chrome, original uh, certified. There's seven line of text. instructions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of getting a PDF file, they just print them on the dial. Yeah, yeah, but they, there's uh, seven lines of text on the dial itself. And after that, on the ring, there's the ring lock at, the, at six, and there's the LM escape valve at 12. So mm -hmm. seven, there's nine lines of text on that watch. Um, so yeah, it's a small novel. <laughs> but if you're a diver and you put this over your swimsuit and stuff, I think that's kind of what this is supposed to, to yeah. be. It's and it's a novelty uh, to me. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like in the line of the um, um, sea dwellers. So there's a sea dweller at the bottom of the line at 15K Canadian, 43 millimeter, right? And after that, there's the deep sea at 17,000 Canadian, 44. And now there's the deep sea challenge at $30,000 Canadian and 50 millimeter. Yeah. And also the tech goes up with all the watches for the dip rating. So the big, it went from, uh, you know, the LM escape valve in 1967 in uh, 2008, there was a ring lock and today titanium. That's their timeline of the tech for that watch. Uh, I was reading about the ring lock system. So it's pretty much the section which the crystal is going to sit. So it's between the crystal and the case. Mm -hmm. And with the water pressure, it helps uh, move the pressure around the crystal back to the case. And it helped them save like four to five millimeters of thickness. <laughs> so it should have been way thicker <laughs> if it wasn't for that ring lock system. It looked like the old bubble black. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, like I don't know who would buy that. Like I understand that the, uh, the name, it's because of the um, Challenger's depth that's the lowest point of the mariana strand trench mm -hmm. at at 10,984 meters so at 11 so, kilometers yeah. uh, rating it's you can forget it at the bottom of the ocean and see <laughs> it's it, look you watch that you see someone wear a 50 millimeter flieger or yeah. a big pilot it's it's a flex in some way i think this is really cool by rolex to dive more dive 
to start using titanium, something they never did before. I think it's it should open up and create other uh, avenues for their development. I think it's also a flex onto Omega. They beat the Ultra Deep. They're like, look, we're going to... Mm-hmm. And they, they, they smashed that record as well. Who's going to buy it? I think people with boats that uh, <laughs> that, can, that will afford this because yeah. they, they enjoy it. I think it's more of a novelty uh, from them to, to have developed this watch. I don't think they expect it to be something to yeah. flood the markets. Mm. Uh, but I do think it's going to be um, something that um, that is going to be for... Because there's people who love Rolex. It's the same people who buy the full gold Tudor at yeah. 18 grand. It's because they're Tudor Holics. There's people who are like, no, only Rolex for me, and this is their, their one that they'll like. Hey, look, check out this watch that check broke out, that yeah. holds this record that, you know, I have in my yacht when I go swimming over my my uh, swimsuit, and you're mm. like, all right, it's ridiculous, Papa. <laughs> where's my yacht? <laughs> but exactly, like you have a yeah. okay because I, I hey I got I got thirty thousand fucking feet of line on my fishing rod, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna drop my watch with it, right? So. Um, uh, I think I, everyone I was everywhere I was reading that you know people was like so what what is the next watch from Rolex is going to be in titanium right because I think they tend to have a huge big piece and introduce something new and to some extent it's going to trickle down. But I'm surprised. I'm surprised they did a titanium release. Oh yeah, they've never done anything like that. They never. Mm-hmm. They don't do exposed case backs. They don't do titanium. They don't do ceramic. Like that's what Tudor does. They don't do that. That's does Tudor have exposed case backs? Sure. <laughs> sure they do. Just the black base, the BB fifty eight, oh yeah, the, oh, yeah? the ceramic, the uh, there's a bunch of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. not the Pelagos. That's the only not one. The Pel- but that's their tool watch. <laughs> they don't want right? to show. They don't want to show what's inside. No, they go yeah. The little Ugh. quartz movement. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. they, you know, but they have exposed case back. Yeah. They have ceramic watches. They have gold watches. They have, uh, they have um, a bunch of different technology in Tudors, mm. right? So, but uh, yeah, it's interesting for me. The, I was like, oh, now they need to do titanium sub. <laughs> That would be yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I'm predicting next year it's going to be a, a, a platinum sub. That's yeah, because of the year, right? It's yeah, 70th. Yeah. 70th is platinum, so I expect a platinum sub blue dial. That's 70th cool. anniversary of the sub. The Submariner, yeah. It's 53, right? So it's... Well, they have the Daytona, right? In the platinum. Platona. <laughs> yeah. This is with the blue, sky blue dial there. That one is... That one's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's fucking nice. Yeah, it's also yes. like... It's also like, okay, uh, which arm house. would you like to take? Price uh, of a house. Yeah. <laughs> buy a house. Ne- buy this a nice house. house. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Kevin Dose. Yes. My release that I'd like to cover, I think, is the re- the release I'm speaking about is actually, I think, a very important one in, in watchmaking in general. It's from Christopher Ward. Um, who released the C1 Bell Canto. So I, to anyone out there who ever wanted a Moser or an MBNF, I really think this is the closest thing you can get to something less such um, for under 5K. So this release is, I find, specifically important as it touches a complication that we don't normally see. This is a, a Swiss-made chiming watch. So... We all know typical uh, complications out there. You got chronographs, you got perpetual calendars, minute repeaters, moon phases, etc. And uh, this one was something that totally came out of left field, something that we haven't seen. Uh, Christopher Ward has developed its own modules for complications over many years, and um, they had a, a central moon phase that was. Uh, they had a unitas-based monopusher chronograph, world timer regulators, um, and they even had a jump hour. So in 2011, uh, Christopher Ward launched the C9 Harrison Jump Hour that was developed in-house. It's a 43-millimeter watch. 
based on an ETA 2824 with a jump hour. And that thing was like 1500 bucks. And it's important to share that movement because that's the base, that's the movement that this watch is based off of. So the bel canto is now part of this, of, of I would fall into the categories of sonnerie, so watches that make sounds. The difference is this is not a minute repeater. This is a, it, ring, it, it actually chimes at the hour. So the last watch that I was able to find that, that, that had this uh, complication was the Meistersinger Bell Ora. Um, so Christopher um, Ward um, did something a little bit different from what we see in the Meistersinger, and which is what makes it uh, so charming and maybe attractive for the avant-garde or the people who, that's why I was saying MBNF earlier. They put all the movement and the mechanism in gears on the dial as expose, uh, exposing it to the, you, the, wa the, the person looking at the watch, as opposed to putting it behind uh, the case back. So you see the chapter ring, the truss supporters, uh, the polished screws. Everything is there right in front of you. And, and, and a, a real great thing that they did on this, on this dial is that there is no, um, unlike the Rolex, doesn't say Christopher Ward anywhere. You can see it on the crown. Yeah. It's a Swiss made. But it doesn't say Christopher Ward everywhere, which I think Dimitri would appreciate a lot considering his gripe with the brand name and logo <laughs> in itself. It's not a name itself. It's, it's a logo. <laughs> the logo. That's what the, the, and they keep changing yeah, it the, and they just never get it right. But it's the reason <laughs> I'm saying that is because initially the logo was the name. So you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it even made it even worse. Um, <clears throat> so powering this remarkable watch is a, is a chiming module and a Salida SW200. And it took them over four years to take that jump hour movement that they created in 2011. And it took them three to four years to now build the right chime in terms of tone, volumes, um, for, this, uh, for this watch to have uh, uh, an hour, say, uh, sonnerie. Um, I think this watch is incredible in terms of what it brings as, as creativity. The watch is a 41 millimeter diameter by 48, 13 millimeter titanium watch it comes on either a leather strap or a full titanium bracelet and um this watch has a, a solid case back um and what's interesting about it is that it actually used titanium and used the case back to be closed to amplify the sound when it it chimes at the hour this watch costs on what on leather three thousand five hundred at $95 US and on bracelet $39.75. So inexpensive? No. The Meister Singer was $4,200 and mo and don't even get me started on anything that is a minute repeater, right? Yeah. Price. <laughs> so if you ever wanted an MBNF, you ever wanted a, a, a Moser, you ever wanted some intense dial, this is the watch to get. My only gripe with it, honestly, is that it's 300 pieces limited. Yeah. But... But it was the blue and the green. Sorry, there's blue and a green dial. But who knows if they're testing the market to see if uh, it sells and then they'll put more on it because I would seriously consider getting a watch with this kind of uh, of uh, technical excellence. I think it's incredible. Well, it, the my guess is they're going to do like uh, MBNF and the Mad Edition, right? A small, small, small batch. And if it, it sold out already anyway, but um, at least on their website, it's sold out for yeah. both of them. Yeah. I'm guessing that's... The MBNF? The, uh, the Christopher Award. Oh, yeah, it sold out. Yeah, it sold yeah, out yeah. in a day or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm guessing they're pulling an MBNF with the Mad Edition and they 
You'll see if it is. There's the market, and they went like this. So maybe I'll, next year they'll do a different color scheme, different batch, a little bit bigger. The right? Maybe, yeah. Uh, but throughout about like a thousand pieces. Yeah, yeah. And just slowly but surely yeah. step up, right? The rebranding like uh, Hyundai and Genesis, Christopher <laughs> Ward and the yeah. no-name brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the no-name brand. The luxurious <laughs> no-name brand. So that was my release, I think, in really great one, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. I think that was probably the, the the biggest highlight, let's say, of the recent releases. Yeah. Because in terms of the complication of the watch and the price that they're selling it for. It's great. It's great to see <coughs> that kind of uh, achievement. Yeah. yeah. Mine is a... So my, uh, my I'm next. Uh, mine is a bit more of a crazy museum piece that Omega released uh, just recently. Uh, they released two watches to celebrate the 90th year anniversary of Omega becoming the official uh, timekeeper of the Olympic Games. Okay. So it's been 90 years in 1932, uh, and they did it in LA, uh, coincidentally where the Olympic Games in 1932 took place. Mm. <coughs> they released two new watches, and those watches are more of a, just a statement rather than rather uh, than something for consumers. I think uh, it's the most complicated movement that they've ever made. Those watches are called the Omega Chrono Chime. Uh, they're not minute repeaters. They are repeating or voice sound, the sound. Sorry, they they are they're producing the chime of the chronograph, not the time. Yeah, so the sound is indicating the yeah. timing on the chrono. Yeah. Yeah. So they made two watches. One of them is inspired by the vintage uh, stopwatches from the Olympic Games, which is looks like a clock basically with uh, adjusted to be able to put straps on it. And the second one is more of a standard classic Speedmaster look, mm -hmm. uh, chronoscope style, let's say, with two subdials. Uh, they're both uh, basically feats of engineering, uh, the most complicated movement that Omega has ever made. They are five hertz movements to make sure that they have the ability to register one tenth of a second uh, when they run the, uh, the chronograph. Mm -hmm. um, very big movements itself. The watches are, I think, found here was forty-seven, I think, millimeters for the for the uh, pocket watch version, and they're something like seventeen millimeters thick. So the pretty big boy, and that's because uh, obviously the the chime mechanism is the star of the show in this case. It's because they wanted to make sure that not only the timing of those chimes was very specific and I, I, I've never had a minute period in my hands before but apparently the timing the time the timing between the different sounds is, is not always consistent mm. when you have a minute period here they made sure that because there's this, there's three um, specific chimes one to register for each type of the like it's a minute hour seconds right and there is always a strict 1.5 second gap between Every every of those types. Apparently, sometimes if you're in minute repeaters, this this gap could be longer. Um, so, and then, uh, so they did that, and they also wanted to make sure that the sound of those chimes was very pleasing to your ear. That's actually, I think, the main reason why the case is large enough. So why why, mm. is the, why the case is big, seventeen uh, seventeen millimeters thick. Uh, I wonder because minute repeaters um, they have separate barrels that power the hammers. And I know that precipitates to to thickness as well. Possibly, right? yeah, possibly to may maybe give it more of an amplitude to yeah. to produce a nicer sounding mm -hmm. chime. So a lot the more watches power, yeah. watches are all made of uh, I think it's proprietary Omega uh, gold. I think it's called the um, yeah Sidina. Yeah, 
where is it? Where is this? Thing? Yeah, Sedna. Sedna, yeah. It's an 18 karat Sedna gold. Uh, there's a lot of gold in there. It's a heavy, heavy, heavy brick, let's say. Uh, those watches are millimeter editions and also between 430 and 450 Swiss francs. Thousand. Yeah. Yeah, cool half meal. You yeah, know? yeah, I'll have to not buy a McDonald's today and then uh, <laughs> Yeah, just don't drink coffee drink coffee at home, that's what they say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <Like Starbucks. laughs> um I, I love that watch. And uh, which which one though? Because there's there's a um, there's a clock and there's Yeah, a I p- personally I prefer the Speedmaster in uh version. Um but the pocket watch styled one uh is really unique, right? Like I would wear the speed ver- the speedmaster version. I would have the other one in a safe just because. <laughs> um, but one thing for me that I don't know why it strike out. It's the um, movement when it's open the open case back. That thing looks like Doctor Strange logo. Um, like if you look at the oh mo- yeah, I see what you mean. Right, the Doctor Strange logo. And I don't know Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, no, but I see what you mean when he does the thing when the circle. Wait, I I, I kind of get it. Like the but it looks like a watch movement though. Oh, hundred percent. But like the the movement, <laughs> right? For me, is looks kind of the Doctor Strange logo. I know it's just me, but I, I've never used the Doctor Strange logo. Oh, anyway. uh, and I learned something. I guess. I <laughs> I, I, as right. you were showing me on your laptop, I, I just couldn't look away from your laptop. I'm thinking your laptop is trying to transform into something else, and it's uh, like frozen yeah. halfway. Yeah, because it's like two, freeze. It's a two-screen laptop. Because yeah. yes, transform. <laughs> so he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, I love that watch. It, it's so nice. But you know, half a million dollars, like. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's a museum piece. I do like. I do actually like the 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 pocket watch version more. I think it's cool. It's very unique, and uh, it would be nice to let's say if it was a bit smaller. Because like wearing a pocket watch on your wrist is cool. If that pocket watch size is the same as a wristwatch, right? Yeah, it could be interesting. But it's not a, a clock on your wrist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. A well, po- this one a is a clock. <laughs> this is a this is a bit of a monster, but yeah, uh, pretty cool releases. Uh, not sure how I feel about uh, it being called yet another Speedmaster. You could just use any other name. Could be called the Omega Olympic watch. You know? <laughs> well, there's the Olympic 1932, right? That's the Omega is good at everything ap- apart from creating new names for watches. It's just tutor. <laughs> the Olympic is a pocket watch version. The other one is Speedmaster. <laughs> uh, but I also like that they both watches. Their movement has been uh, kind of not flipped but moved, right? Mm-hmm. So the pushers are not at the same place. The hammers either on the um, Olympic version it's at six, on the Speedmaster it's at uh, nine. That's cool. That's different, right? They did something different with the cases as well. You it's know, half also a million dollars. another half a million dollars. <laughs> another, the other thing is, it weighs three hundred and twenty-six grams. Yeah, it's twice the Submariner. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so like this one is not a diver watch. I mean, well, mostly because it has thirty mi- thirty meters of water resistance, as any Speedmaster does, right? Yeah, well, uh, fifty. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Watch yourself. Yeah. Big slip up. night and day. We're comparing. <laughs> it's sixty-six percent more water resistance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than thirty meters. <laughs> like, like I made double the money. You, you made a dollar. Now you made two dollars. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I doubled. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> So that was a pretty long intro. You guys uh, want to jump in? Uh, our 100th episode, celebratory episode, where we'll just talk about yet another event that we visited in uh, New York that we didn't really talk about much. Well, same weekend, different day. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, so there was wind up last episode, and watch time was at the same time. I think it's planned, right? That way, that so people can go and do both. 
So Watch Time New York, uh, was just to share with people who don't know Watch Time. So Watch Time is founded in New York. It was founded in uh, 1999. It is a essentially watch, uh, wristwatch, you know, enthusiast magazine. Uh, it's owned by Ebner Publishing Group of Germany. So they have their publisher to many watch magazines. They have sister magazines in Germany, Poland, Korea, Japan, China, India. So pretty much covering the globe, mm. you can think. It's become the worldwide... Um, and uh, North American, you know, watch magazines. Not that there's many, many of them out there, but definitely anyone who loves design, manufacturers, uh, everything around watches, this is uh, uh, the magazine a lot of people will subscribe to. Um, so you'll see reviews of specific watches. They do testing. They do uh, in-depth reports of it. They'll talk talking about different profiles, and they're pretty great about. Uh, they do they do a lot of interviews as well. So watch time is something that they they. They, they do on an annual basis. So it, it, it came uh, in New York uh, over the weekend of October 21st to, to October 23rd. Um, they had 1,900 watch collectors, enthusiasts, and industry VIPs coming together at Gotham Hall. It was presented, over 30 brands uh, presented or had kiosks or tables, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and the event was uh, presented in partnership with their sponsors, Vempe. So Vempe, if people don't, if, if you want to familiarize yourself, Vempe makes watches as well. But Vempe is a is a is a is a jeweler is a is a watch store, so to speak. So it's like Tiffany's. Okay. So when you go to Tiffany, they have Tiffany jewelry. Hell, they even have Tiffany wristwatches. But that's not their bread and butter. So Vempe also does that. So Vempe, they sell Rolex. Vempe, they sell high-level brands, Eau de Marpillet in, 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 the, in, the, in the New York. But Vempe is also selling the same watches. So they, they, they're one of the sponsors, the McKellen, so Scotch, uh, and, and uh, Villemart and Sea Champagne. So on the 21st, you had a cocktail events. Um, they, on the mezzanine, they had, um, they had a presentation by a Lang & Zon, Vempe served uh, Vempe Mule cocktails and Bell and Rossio, um, Bell and Rossio uh, had, uh, had debuted or, or presented at watch time itself the unveiling of their new uh, BRX5 watch. And then they had VIPs. They had people such as Kari Vutalainen of Vutalainen, obviously. Uh, uh, Max Busse, who we met. We yeah. had a chance to talk to him as well. Uh, William Messina was also there. Uh, Maurice Gro uh, Christine Hooter of of, of uh, Maurice Grossman. Yeah, Maurice Grossman himself probably could make it. <laughs> Ma uh, um, Rock Morel of Sapec was there. Rolf Studer of uh, who we also met at Windup, but the CEO of Oris was there. Rudy Chavez of Langunzon. Roland Murphy of RGM. Jaws uh, English of uh, Bremont. Uh, so there were a lot of people in attendance, and then there were different panels speaking about. Uh, the rise of independence and how they're doing so well. Um, and then there were other ones getting into things about like, um, <clears throat> um, what was it? Oh yeah, meeting watchmaking idols themselves, people like uh, Kari Vutalainen, uh, that sort of thing. And, and then finally, there were some interesting releases that were done on the spot as mentioned earlier so that's that's what's really great about this kind of event so we had the chance to go there and i think what we wanted to share was a little bit of our observations what we saw and uh, that sort of thing yeah Make sense yeah so it was just a little presentation of what watch time sounds good was all about um, sounds good you guys uh i mean one of the kind of i'm 
talk about watches that you guys like maybe as we were progressing through the well my event, first thing, or you want to go just in, uh, well before i get into watches my first thing was a gripe about the venue the lighting was shit uh yeah it was the worst i've never seen such bad lighting for a place like no, give me lighting to accentuate the what i couldn't see the dials most of the time every yeah. one of them had this like brought they brought these little lamps that you could put the watch underneath to see because you couldn't even get a good look at these beautiful it, it was more of a, like a cocktail type Mood. of posh event you know not really like a, an event but all day showcase all watching. day yeah. that's what it sucked about i didn't like but the lighting was terrible it had free uh free uh, champagne yeah <laughs> exactly which it's I, like when you're drunk, you don't well, need to see. So Dimitri was like, took bad lighting, of. but 57 flutes later. <laughs> <laughs> good lighting. I like light. I like the lighting now. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Um, Trying to smack for a watch. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, here you go. Uh, here's, this, here's the first beep of the show. <laughs> uh, um, you have to beep up, obviously, the, the word uh, max. Uh, that's the only <laughs> thing. The rest you keep. Yeah, yeah the rest the first beep. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't think about the lighting. I thought it was okay. I mean, yeah, but I agree with you. I guess in some places there was a, multiple people it was a said bit it. too dark. Multiple the the the, the showers were like, "Oh, sorry, the lighting's terrible. Come right. look at it under the light because yeah. you couldn't see how yeah. good the dials looked." Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair. Um, Carlito, do you have anything specific you wanted to add before uh, maybe diving into specific watches you guys want to share? Why I don't have any any high levels. Well, the light the light was kind of shit. Kevin's right about that, and I was kind of you know. Uh, Elange didn't have like some of their pieces. <laughs> I was like, if you go all the way there yeah. to showcase, but that's showcase. Because to me, it didn't <laughs> seem like an event, like a uh, wind up for brands to go and try to show what they have. It, just, it wasn't a marketing event for brands, and I don't think it was. It was meant more for of that. a like cocktail party with like yeah. people just socializing with each other and to chat. What I think yeah. some of the the focus wasn't on like showing the watches, more on like a presentation, so that's that's so we can take pictures with each other holding champagne glasses. Yeah, 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 and. Um, I think light, yeah, like until you mentioned, it, I didn't think about it before, but no, I because I got that the comment the layout, I thought was a bit weird. Also. Yeah, it was because yeah. you circle. do the outside circle and you have random brands in the middle. Mm. I don't think that was the best use of space because some brands had like a small little booth, and then you had brands that just had like a just a huge empty room, right, empty area in front of the little yeah, uh, yeah table. The donut, the donut, donut shape is maybe not the best shape yeah. too <laughs> yeah but uh yeah and the lange obviously uh, you know they had the second the whole balcony to themselves and they were, didn't have some of the most famous watches I, I don't understand why maybe that wasn't again that kind of an event but um yeah um it's what uh like uh, say what are the watches that you guys well, were impressed with well the first thing i said uh, the, the one takeaway that i got from that event outside of wind up um that i really liked is I think that there are luxury independent brands that need some love. When I saw the level of finish to the the Chapex, the Moritz Grossmans, the Grubels and Forzies, the uh, the MBNF, the level of technique, and then you go up to Langunzan on the second floor. And no offense, I love the Zeitwerk. It's one of my grails if I had any from uh, that major brand. But they're all as good as any of those holy trinity yeah. brands as Vacheron and you know we were holding that Sapec with that that dial the Vuta Lane yeah the Sapec like, dial was insane they're like the midnight sky kind of they're incredible like the and the level of finish on those movements you really do see where they they took a step up so I think luxury independence they need some love uh, this is a way you could have showcased or see some of their watches you can get a one of one one of 30 meet the owners 
I was really impressed by how engaged all those owners were. So I stopped um, Max Busset, who was who was um, walking by, and just to congratulate him on such a wonderful uh, you know lineup. And little did we know, he ended up winning. Uh, Max Bussier ended up with the watch that we saw there, the Legacy Machine Sequential Evo, that chronograph, which we posted a picture of it on the on our Instagram, ended up winning the Grand Prix d'Horlogerie de Genève, the pretty much like the winner of the the, the, the mov- movie of the year, mm. l'aiguille d'or, l'aiguille d'or, l'aiguille d'or, excuse-moi, the golden, huh? gold end, golden end, yeah, yeah. l'aiguille, l'aiguille is almost like a needle, right? So it's like the 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 golden needle um it ended up winning uh the, the prize but he was just so nice to speak to he had such nice insight to share in terms of what his brand was going to do and even talking about mad one which is not mbnf it's a it's another brand entirely they also won they uh, also won yeah, the yeah. Grand Prix de um and like he's so innovative in terms of what he 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 accomplishes and what he wants to do with his watches and you see his passion and he has such a, he wants to democratize. He wishes everyone could take his watches. Mm-hmm. But he also looks at it in like such an innovative way. So that kind of humility, that kind of, of wonderful, um, you know, discourse that we shared, um, I really have to say that's the one thing. So I get a lot of love that I, I would say, that my observation on, uh, on on the event there. Yeah. So th- that w- that's one item. Yeah. Let's yes. go next. Um, for me, I have like, Three watches that stand out, yeah, for different reason. Okay, um, I think the first one was a uh, when we first started walking was at the Casio boot. Also noted yeah. that they're at that watch time and wind up. <laughs> uh, Casio, Casio, yeah. I but mean, they have a different. They add different watches on display on both events. That, that's something I find interesting as well, right? And I'm trying to find the exact uh, watch. I just don't have it right now. But it was the MRG, like the Samurai medal, right? Um, it was like so interesting. Like it's it's for the ultimate Casio fan. It's the same thing with the full gold and same ballpark, right? Multiple thousands of dollars for a Casio. Um, I have it somewhere here. I'll um, I'll find it. It's the MRG, but I, like there's they have the Samurai version and they have the Samurai like plus. That's I think a, it's and the, uh, engraved right I think in the it's bracelet. The MRG Kassan or Gassen, sorry, 40th anniversary MRG Gassan MRG B 2000 GA1 limited edition watch, and that was the. Uh, it was it was, was done this week. It was done with the uh, with a partnership in in partnership with the legendary Japanese swordsmith. Mm-hmm. His name is Sadanobu Gasan. That's why it's called Gasan. And it looks like it's a uh, Damascus steel. Yeah, that's the one, right? And yeah. Actually, those samurais then hand etch every watch their uh, the bracelet, their, their crest, their crest, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. On the oh yeah, and the mid link on the bracelet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The end link, exactly, exactly. Mid link, mid link. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was just insane. Like it, for me, it was the, the the big difference between the, all the standard Casio and everything. I never had the chance to see one of those watches, right? No, but it's crazy. Um, like this watch, right? It's only limited edition. There's 500 pieces only. Mm-hmm. Uh, entirely in titanium, done. Uh, the bezel is, however, done in a, some sort of a recrystallized hybrid titanium. It's called TI64 and pure titanium. Yeah. And uh, which serves as a canvas for that uh, wave-like or maybe like a Damascus-like pattern of uh, for the swordsmith uh, designer. Um, but yeah, that was my first uh, my first highlight. Uh, just seeing that and like 
okay, was within the case. They didn't have the chance to give it all <laughs> to us to look into, but uh, that was impressive. Like um, the to the the extent they go Casio to do those crazy watches for that thousand five hundred people, two hundred fifty people in the in the globe was gonna buy those, and like there are more. People in Japan love their watches, I know, right? A $4,000 G-Shock, like that one's a limited edition. This one is probably, if I'm not mistaken, the most expensive G-Shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an $8,000 watch, I think, this one. But the, the, this one is a high horology almost. Uh, well, not yeah, high horology, well, but the finish, yeah. High horology in terms of finish. I don't know how, like, what would be the word that you would use for high horology when, you come, when it comes to finishing? Not necessarily yeah, the yeah, mechanism yeah, inside, yeah, but the finish, yeah, right? Yeah. Obviously, the, the the quartz movement is not a higher horology and finishing. That's right. Yeah. Because even their four thousand dollar, it's like every single piece is finished uh, separately by hand and yeah. put together. Yeah. Because no, it's, it's that it, one just still. It's case, a beast. Yeah. Very nice. Very cool. Yeah. My second, my uh, well, no, go ahead, Dimitri, for release. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so as we were entering, kind of, we saw Norcane first, and we saw I think G Shock, mm-hmm. uh, and then we walked over to. Uh, uh, for me, memorable was Bremont. It's also in my yeah, I always wanted to see them in person. I've never seen them before. Uh, you know, coming after a day of, full day of wind-up, I was extremely impressed with some brands there. You know, like some, like Formex or Monta, some of the, let's say, higher, m- more expensive, let's say, on the more expensive side, higher finishing. Uh, Bremont also goes for that robust, let's say, reliable kind of look, right? M- durable. The tool watches. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, I'd say, in general, considering the prices, I was not as impressed as I was with the micro brands because I thought that, you know, you can get a micro brand for that price uh, for a lot cheaper. But however, there was one watch that I really, really liked. I thought it was very cool. And I have it open. It's the MB Savannah. It's the MB Savannah. Yeah, it was in my notes. So as it's well. like the yeah. it's like the desert uh, colored like a PVD case. I don't know if it's a PVD case or not. I think it's a uh, <coughs> it's titanium five yeah. with a, they they call it tactical coating. <laughs> so it's a yeah it's a it's a um, it's a desert inspired model with a, in a forty three millimeter grade five titanium case. With tactical coating, like you mentioned, mm. but it's a version of a watch that we already reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah the, what yeah. I really liked about that watch is that I ne- again, I never held it before in person. It has the rotating inner bezel, kind of like the the Seiko Alpinist has, right? That's yeah, but it has clicks to it. But that's it. The qual that that click was so good. The it was so satisfying that click. It's it's like rotating. I don't know uh, a because, bezel on the submariner yeah, because it's actually a, a time bezel. The other one is a compass. You just kind of set it. This one actually had a, a purpose when you clicked it. So it's a version of a watch that they have, the MB, which stands for Martin something Baker. Baker. And we talked about on the podcast on how it was based on uh, an ejection seat that uh, Company. you could see it on it's that. Exactly. And uh, and then only certain people could actually be allowed to to uh, buy this watch, and they ended up making a production line. And this is a yep. version of that production line. It, the yeah. problem is it's uh, quite expensive. It's very expensive. Uh, it's like 7500 uh, Canadian. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I I think um, that's a, that's a, that's a huge deterrent for me. The other, I, I'll keep going. Bremont they released this integrated bracelet line that we also saw live, and it just came out earlier that week. I was not a fan. That was something mm-hmm. I thought was very unlike Bremont. I <laughs> the way they did that barrel case. So the thing is with integrated bracelets for you listeners out there is integrated bracelets give you a feel of the watch really how can i say rounding off when you wear it on your wrist which is the allure of it as well some people don't want to they don't want a bracelet 
to have to fall off the lugs drastically in certain ways and or to flare up you want the integrated bracelet so that it integrates right onto your wrist and it's very flow and it almost melts into it very charming when it's well done the thing is with bremont with this watch in particular and i tried it on and bremont is no known for having a barrel type mid case mm -hmm. and then what happens is that when you look at this integrated bracelet and i said it to the lady we were talking to i go that's incredibly flat because the barrel holds up the top of the of the watch in itself, the the the, yeah. the clip crystal. And then when it gets to the integrated bracelet, it flares before it can start coming down onto the wrist because mm -hmm. of that barrel case. Yeah. So when you hold it at that profile, so anyone, please try it on. Like you have to go try it on. It's, it's a bit unusual. It's very unusual, and it was very. It doesn't hug your wrist. It right? didn't because, hug your wrist because, like, I'm I'm wearing my integrated bracelet right now. Here, you can see the bracelet; it, it tapers down immediately after, so there's no gap here. However, the Bremont one kind of extends further. Extends right? because of that barrel case, and yeah. it's very pronounced. It's a big watch, and it also is very. I thought it was very unlike Bremont. Mm. If if it didn't say Bremont, if I didn't know, I was looking at it, and, and they have a few models. One, some of them are better than the other. I thought in terms of it, it went a little bit against the identity of that brand, and. That brand is audacious. Yeah. They are like a lot of people. Is like, how the hell do you? Where do you come off trying to yeah. sell watches at this price? Who do you think you are? Without without in house movements. Yeah, well, that that uh, Supernova a, is nine thousand US. How big is it, uh, dimension wise? It's like a forty millimeter integrated bracelet. Yeah. You know? I tried it on the way we were so, to show. It didn't look too big for me, but again, but I'm that not, barrel, that yeah. barrel. Oh, yeah, there's case, a good yeah. picture here actually. I found on the, a blog to watch. Yeah, that shows. Shows it from the side. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to explain. Yeah. It, it's this weird pronunciation how it comes down off the wrist. Yeah. Definitely worth trying on. Uh, the one with the Arabic numerals is the one I found that looks most like Bremont to me. But, that, but yeah, the, the I, was, I was about to ask, it would would go with the uh, numerals the or the indices? I go with the numerals if I did go with one. But I oh, I'll, I'll I'll get the Arabic numerals also. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll probably get the I have a, I I've, I'll go with the white just because if you look at my watch box, yeah. you will see that I, all I have are. Steel bracelet watches with black dials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say I think uh, I th now you have a blue dial. <laughs> One. <laughs> I think it's dark I, blue. I think they need to review their catalog. They have a lot of watches. Yeah. They need to really, I think, firm up their identity. It's something that d dis distracts me from them, detracts mm -hmm. me. That doesn't make yeah. me. Like, uh, like, I don't no. know how I feel about this watch. On one hand, I think it's very, very original. It's very like I don't think I've seen an integrated bracelet watch looking like this. Uh, but at the, sa at, uh, at the same time, I, I agree with Kevin. It kind of is a deviation from what I think of when I think of Bremont. Yeah. yeah. Um, and f for me, like the MB Savannah, it was like at $4,000, I would have really think about it. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like for for, for, for 6000 a lot of money. It's starting to be a bit too much uh, up there. Like, And that uh, Supernova, it's like you could get, it's yeah. 9000 US. Like that's let, it, Rolex level pretty much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So maybe uh, continuing on that vein, I'll 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 go with um, and I just pulled it up. I was I was going to speak another watch before, but I'll go with this one because I think it's interesting. Um, in terms of a tool watch, another integrated bracelet, and was revealed on the spot. Bell and Ross came out with the BRX Five Black Steel, forty-one millimeter integrated bracelet, and this watch comes out with a new movement. Yeah, this watch comes out with a new movement designed by Kinesi. So if people don't know Kinesi, Kinesi is a, a movement manufacturer, maker, and they are actually make movements for uh, Tudor, Chanel, and 
Norcane, which I think mm. is also important. So they're stepping up their their game to come out with um, a, a, a different movement, a new caliber. It's called the BR Caliber 323. This watch is a success to Bell & Ross. It came out, a lot of people had a lot of gripes with it. Carl has owned one, mm-hmm. um, a version of the BR, uh, 05. 05 or X5, whatever you want to call it. But the integrated bracelet version of this Bell & Ross, and it looks quintessentially like a Bell & Ross. You have a three-day power reserve. You have a, a, a interesting, I like the date window on this one, kind of mm-hmm. looks like an airplane gauge, mm-hmm. which is something that they um, they pride themselves in, in looking at it. And this architecture of the, the the movement in itself, if you do a little bit of the of the review of how they they did a multi-component case, how they did the how this this movement is is built in itself. Uh, this watch is is a very uh, great, I think, release by Bell and Ross. A good step in that direction and very audacious. I think they stepped up their um, their game. It's not yeah. cheap by any means. I don't even know the price. Uh, I have but it here once there, but it is. Uh, it is uh, definitely stepped up their game. Price is uh, sixty nine hundred uh, US on uh, rubber strap and seventy four on bracelet. So it's, it's a bit that. more expensive than the BR 5 Exactly, yeah, it's a bit bigger too. But th- that's the only. That's well, one millimeter bigger, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, forty one versus what? Through forty. Forty, but, 40, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't. It's uh, very I, thin. I'm pretty sure it's thicker as well. <laughs> uh, but it's still very thin, dude. It's uh, only twelve point eight millimeters. So like my Speedmaster is like thirteen point five, you know. Yeah. Mm. But it's because of the domed. Uh, yeah. Uh, but maybe that, that was just an, an impression then because of the the case. I like. I like it the sits flat. Maybe that's why, because it doesn't it doesn't uh, yeah. uh, taper down, right? It, it sits flat on your wrist. Maybe that's why it it feels more thick than it is. Yeah, because I when I tried it on, it, that was the my perception because I had the BR zero five and it was like I just felt it was a bit bigger More substantial right in every yeah. direction but maybe that's a design of the case that i love like the yeah. skeleton but i think that's what yeah exactly right? that like yeah and i think that's what they wanted to do as well mm-hmm. the multi-component uh, case it's interesting that, that you mentioned this one because it was also on my list uh i mean it seems we we're talking about the it same wasn't on my list actually i talked mm-hmm. about it because i wanted to go into the route of we were talking about the brim on integrated bracelet and yeah. this was when i was like right. this was unveiled at watch time and it was really very successful and i, I, thought I actually really really love it i love the the power reserve on the on the yeah. dial yeah. and I do love the design of the date window because remember how I always say that I hate it I hate a date window when it looks like an afterthought when it's just a stamped hole for the yeah. date yeah. right uh, here it's it's an essential part of the design because it shows the three dates and it's it's integrated nicely it's uh, the same curvature as the power reserve exactly right? so it's the same exactly exactly and it follows the curvature of the dial right mm-hmm. so I think that this is that, that that's really the date window is really cool. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, IWC in the, in, the, in the way, you yeah. know, the power reserve on the yeah. front. Um, what would you think about the colors, right? Because there's like the black, there's like the baby blue, not the blue, like really light, yeah, flashy blue, yeah. blue, right? It is the carbon. Yeah. I think it's very nice. I I, yeah. I, I agree. I The blue is very cool. Like if I were to buy one, black is obviously, you know, nice. Yeah. But bla- black is very kind of... Um, Classic, let's yeah. see, if you don't want to take any chances, you can I, just I go I think with the uh, blue steel, we laughed about that with the guy, but um, but I think that, um, why not? In yeah, the sense sure. of, like, um, I think I think what is telling as well in terms of uh, out there, I think blue is still, or baby blue or light blue, Tiffany blue, whatever you want to call it, is still super popular, and a lot of brands are capitalizing on that, mm-hmm. and this might be an example of it, but... I think that um, I think they're great. I, w- I would get it actually maybe on the rubber strap even. I really like that. Yeah, I kind of wait to see the 
25 different version they're going to come out with because <laughs> they do the, the same thing with BR05s uh, uh, yeah, as a well, Speedmaster all, all, all the Vermont all the they have their like baseline and they do chronos GMT, uh, right? they, do, they do chronos GMTs like skeleton, yeah, yeah. skeleton a, all the a, colors it's a great design though yeah yeah 100% so I, like, I cannot wait to see what they're going to do with this one right? yeah I agree I, I would just say if I had to pick the between the two I do like the black why because I like the fact that they have red in there too so they have more yeah. colors right yeah uh, however, the, the the baby blue looks very cool in the steel bracelet. Very cool. So it's hard. Never see that. <laughs> <laughs> Made me think of Michael Scott there for a second. Because yeah. Michael, remember, there's an episode when he was like holding off. Yeah, because like, the HR. Mm, mm, ah, that's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had to unleash. <laughs> all yeah. right, all right, all right, all right. Next, uh, next, next, next. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go next. Um. For me, it's the whole brand, but uh, also um, a collection from that brand that I'd never had the chance to see in person. It was the first time, and got them, I was impressed. Uh, the Reservoir and their supercharged line. So Reservoir is the um, uh, watch company, watch brand, who does... Um, is it Rattrapant? No, it's... Um, what's the Retrograde. Name? Retrograde. Retrograde. Um, uh, and... Um, Pretty much all of their movement, uh, all are their watches, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, talked about it, loved the design in the previous podcast, but having the chance to see them in person was a huge step up for them in my uh, in my list uh, because it they were so well built. Uh, the team over there uh, at that booth was also really nice. But I was gonna say, <laughs> like, I was m more impressed or equally as impressed with how approachable and how I I interesting. The owner of the brand was. Yeah. So François Borreau, yeah. 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 Um, but goddamn, they were well built. Goddamn, it was so nice to see the minute hand jump back. And like the whole design thing that I loved, it's really doing it good in person as well. It's not only in pictures. That's, nice. That's a big thing. You see a bunch of watches in pictures, like that uh, Deep Sea Challenge thing, Rolex, that seems to be okay. As soon as you have pictures on a wrist or next to another watch, you go, God damn. But those guys have all really hit the mark for me at the show. Like, yeah. I was, I was, I tried them a bunch of their version over there and I think that I'll have um, one in my collection at some point. Like, I have to, right? Uh, and also they showed us, we didn't have any pictures, but they showed us the next line they're gonna no yeah they did but it's out already oh it's, it's already I'm gonna, out i'm gonna talk about it now that's why okay, ah, okay cool uh yeah. that was really impressive too uh but do you want to go over, over that um yeah so line? just so people for listeners out there because i know we, we need to introduce so reservoir is francois moreau's brainchild francois moreau is based out of uh of paris is a parisian based uh watch brand they've been around for it's not very very long i think it can be no more than than like five six maybe seven years i may be wrong their their whole mantra of the brand is to is designed around you know some form of gauge so whether it's a dashboard counter an oil gauge a tachometer an altimeter a manometer um so what he did was uh he's come out in this new line which is the one i want to talk about they came out with what's called the sauna master chronograph but the black thunder the sauna master chronograph what makes it very interesting is that it, it it's taking um, the design from an analog music, a piece of analog music equipment. And this was something that he showed us. He showed us based on even the way that the crown is designed is the same design of that of a volume. Uh, everything's based on what you see from these analog amplifiers to help measure the sound intensity. So what's great about this, this chronograph, which is different from all of the other watches that he's 
released based on automobile, aviation, or even marine-styled models. This is based on those analog amplifiers. This bicompact chronograph has two vertical aligned counters. And in the spirit of the retrograde movement, the 30 seconds elapsed times moves the, the hand up at 12 and immediately shoots down. And then it'll start over again, where even Dimitri was questioning, saying, well, isn't there... Don't we have to compensate for the time that the second hand then has to reset back or retrograde back right. to a starting point? And he was able to say, no, it's something that we're able to to regulate so that it does not lose any time. Which makes that. sense. That has to be obviously calculated into the, calculated. Into the movement. The watch is not small. It measures 43 millimeters across, 50 meters of water resistance. And this specific one that he showed us that we weren't supposed to talk about came out on November 10th. Uh, is the Black Thunder. So the, instead of the other uh, one that you see with the with the registers of a yellow dial and the, and the bezel in itself and s being steel and the case being steel, this one now comes in and as, as an all-black uh, design. 30-minute um, uh, counter for the chronograph. And what's interesting here is powered by a bi-retrograde display, obviously, by... Um, a solid La Jouperet. So La Jouperet is a movement manufacturer based out of Switzerland that is owned by the Citizen Group, making high-end movements as you can find. This is an automatic column wheel chronograph, so that column wheel will ensure that you have a much more uh, accurate uh, accuracy or a better accuracy when you depress or engage the chronograph. The movement beats at 4 hertz and it delivers, and delivers 60 hours of power reserve. It's not cheap. This watch starts at 5,700 euros including tax, and starts deliveries on November 10th, 20th. So we're looking forward to We've reached out to Francois. We want to, we're going to be speaking to him shortly. So you guys make sure to tune in for that one because he's just a uh, brand, whatever Carl just said in terms of the quality of the watches, he's an even nicer gentleman. So congrats to him on this release. Congrats to him on a wonderful weekend. It was really great speaking to him and really great watches that he presented to us. Cool, 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 cool. Um, one... Uh more I would mention. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is the, just a brand that I've never ever seen in person before and I just, you know, was very glad to at least Rolex. finally <laughs> experience them. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard? It's Rolex. <laughs> never, never seen any. Yeah. <laughs> you ever uh, heard of this brand? It's <laughs> no, it's, uh, the brand is Zapek. Hmm. Uh, it's in, you know, Zapek has a crazy horological history. Uh, they She's told us. <laughs> they, yeah. And I, I mean, I've told you guys, but I haven't told enough times on the exactly. podcast yet. They, uh, uh, as initially it was Zapek and, um, uh, but, uh, Zapek and Bapek. <laughs> <laughs> they started Patek Philippe, yeah, and then they split up and then Zapek was kind of working alone and uh, didn't really survive, I think, for too much longer, but was still known for producing watches for Napoleon III, which is pretty cool as an achievement in general, you know, when you make watches for the royalty. Uh... It, it, it this brand is you know small production independent brand as well i'm assuming actually i'm guessing 100% independent eh? must be yeah yeah they're a luxury independent brand i got to see them they're a small booth at the at the watch time and you know specific one watch that i held it was the um, antarctic no 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 uh, it's aventurine oh but yeah yeah they would, um, no the aventurine dial yeah that's well sorry when, uh, ridiculous I'll, I'll tell uh, it's called the uh, fabrook de Fabourg de Cracovie Aventurine. So it's Aventurine dial. That's crazy, that dial. It's a, it's a chronograph watch. It's limited to 50 pieces. It's like a $34,000 US watch. But you know what? You look at it and it's it's the same level as the big three in terms of finish, in terms of what, what's 100%. in it. It's absolutely amazing. Very expensive watch, 
but just everything about it is perfection. Yeah. And seeing them in person, I think I've also seen another watch of theirs that hasn't, they have, uh, maybe it was a integrated bracelet chrono. Yeah, the Antarctic. With uh, the Antarctic, I think. That one has like a cool guilloche pattern as well on it. Uh, and then I saw, sorry, I, th- I think I saw with um, the one that I tried on that I loved was Kedeberg. this one. Was Le Kedeberg. Yes, that's it. Kedeberg, exactly. Le Kedeberg, that, yeah, one that one has that, that guilloche pattern that was very, yeah, very this cool. This is a, bl- a blue handmade Finique enamel dial. 42 and a half millimeter. This has a very nice design. Rhodium plated steel yeah, yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. This watch is ridiculous. The movement itself is is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm looking at your video that you're showing us. Uh, <laughs> I should have taken videos because we, we should have posted the videos instead of pictures. It. This picture, this video? Yeah, yeah. You on posted it on the fi- Oh, okay. Yeah. I, didn't see, I didn't see. That's cool. Uh, yeah, very, very cool brand. Uh, glad to see them in person. There's a bunch of other brands that we kind of walked by maybe relatively quicker. Like, you know, the Zenith was in there. But I think we've seen a lot of Zenith. Uh, Blank Pain was there, but, you know, we have Blank Pain in Montreal. Mm. Yeah, some of those so watch brands. Yeah, yeah. Carl F. Booker, we stopped uh, to see the new um, 40. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, f- oh, I'm blanking on the name. It's their uh, chrono. <laughs> the Monero. Oh, yes, Monero, yes. The Monero, yeah. That right. was very cool. It used to be 43. Um, now they offer a 40 millimeter version. We also uh, walked by uh, MBNF, uh, spoke to Maximilian Busser. Yeah, right? I was yep. saying earlier. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? We we kind of wanted to chat with uh, uh, Karivotelenin, but it was too busy. busy because, you know, that guy is not one of the f- most famous watchmakers in the world, if not the most famous right now, probably. Makes, uh, the, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we wanted to, st- wanted to chat with him, but there's like two people in front of us and it seems that those people were there for like, for good. Yep. Yeah. Because they probably wanted to chat with him for like half an hour each, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so I, I, one of the highlights that I had there as well was meeting uh, Caitlin. I think her last name is Schmidt or Caitlin. She was in Cat and Caitlin in the podcast before, and she now works at Norcane. So we saw Norcane. We were able to see their new. I, I like I, the new Wild One collection. The Wild One collection. We spoke about it before as a release. Here is it interesting. Jean Claude Bivet is on the board of directors uh, for Norcane, and he they, he was contributed in building this watch. You can see his implication within it. The Wild One in itself is like the ultimate sports watch. Uh, you see how. And you can see why it is the the ultimate sports watch and when it was built. It's this 42 millimeter ultra lightweight. Uh, you know, uh, you can do everything that you want with it. It's able to it, um, withstand 5,000 Gs and extreme. Uh, so it's 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 definitely something you can wear all the time. The watch stands out. It's 100% Swiss made. Um, and they built this this new how can I say in house uh, concept or case. Uh, called the Nortec, right? So it's developed with uh, one of their with someone that they had a strategic partnership with, and his rubber shock absorber that surrounds this titanium case, um, which which has an by the way an in-house manufacturer calib that is chronometer certified. The water it's two hundred meters water resistance, and um, the whole thing weighs something like eighty four grams, which is fifty percent lighter than stainless steel, and. Um, it's half the weight of stainless steel and like sixty uh, percent or something like that. It's 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 incredibly light. It's it's a really unique watch. And then they were just sharing some of the different releases that they had with this one. They they were going to gift one to whoever won the New York City Marathon that took place uh, last week. Yeah. So I don't know which African won. I'm supposed <laughs> that's the case. But they always win, right? It's not yeah. even fair. Uh, um, it, it's fifty percent lighter than stainless steel. It's yeah. eighty four gram. Yeah, that's it. 50%. <laughs> no, but it's 50% lighter than stainless steel and like 30% lighter than titanium. Yeah. 
So it's, that's insane when you think about that. So I think that's the one to, 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 to look at. But I think it's really cool. And if you wanted something you know, linked to Jean-Claude Bivet, who is like an idol to a lot of people in watchmaking, and, they're, and, and really just a bunch of passionate people for this brand. And again, we're talking about Bell & Ross and Tudor using Kinesi and Chanel using Kinesi movement as a manufacturer. So does Norcane. And there's an example of how they stepped up their game. Anyway, I like Norcane. If you're an outdoors type person, you're someone who is all about uh, the outdoors, uh, uh, and you you're very active, and you like this kind of adventures. This might be the brand for you. They have all kinds of watches. You go there; it's it's all one shot. You the price that's listed includes taxes, includes shipping, includes duties, everything, and that's what you're gonna get. And it's really cool. I and I tried on the watch; it's excellent, really, very excellent. Uh, I think that was a good episode going over all those releases and uh, watch time. Um, Would you guys want to go again next year to wind up watch time or one or the other? Or I'd have to see the brands. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was a nice I mean, trip. That was a nice two, two I'd like to go see if it's not exactly the same. 100%. Yeah, uh, right. Sure. Uh, you know, if we pick and choose, it's be nice to go somewhere new. Well, we see some brands that we haven't seen before. Right? Yeah. And especially watches that we haven't seen before. But yeah, uh, no, I think that was a really amazing uh, say weekend. And uh, we've met a lot of people, saw a lot of really yeah. cool brands. We met a lot of like other YouTubers and podcasters, I think. You met uh, uh, Watch Chris at uh, Watch Time oh, at the I end. Watch Chris. I was able to meet uh, Patrick Marlette, who's now award oh, yeah. wound. A lot of p people that I followed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was pretty cool to kind of socialize and see how everybody's passionate uh, about this ridiculous it's, hobby. Yeah, it's <laughs> seeing other people with the same problem as us. Same yes. problem. <laughs> same problem. <laughs> same enabling. Yeah. Same drain walls. Codependency. <laughs> Codependency, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anything else uh, you guys want to talk about before we know? I think it's a good episode. Okay. So, it's a good, uh, it's a good episode, guys. Yep. And uh, for everybody listening, have a, have a wonderful day. <laughs> End of transmission. <laughs> So if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us at Big Black Clock Official on Instagram or email us at BigBlackClockTeam at gmail.com. Send us your pictures, corrections, ideas, insults, and let us know if there are any pieces you want us to review. With, of course, the caveat that we can afford them. As always, be good to each other, eat good food, have some drinks. For those of you always watch shopping, happy hunting. Thanks for spending time with us, and we will see you next week.